College football expansion talk is back. Like it or not, how quickly do we expect potential realignment to happen? Plus, how aggressive do we want the Big 12 to be in conference realignment to the East Coast? Let's go coast to coast. Why not? We already are basically there. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, May 16th. I am Spencer Linton alongside a man who has is well traversed from coast to coast. And as I said, Jerem, why not take it into the going. West? Just keep going, man. Well, this is called BYU Sports Nation. Well, for BYU, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Big 12 Sports Nation. Uh, on today's show, the latest in potential expansion news from Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated regarding the ACC, Pac-12, San Diego State, and more. Gregor Bell on season expectations, the women's soccer schedule, and the best picks from his European trip. The women's volleyball Big 12 schedule is out. We'll tell you what it is in a moment. Heather Olmstead joined me yesterday to talk about it from Egypt as her team is on a foreign tour as well. And a former Cougar makes mm -hmm. a Team USA roster. We'll tell you who here at today's headline. Beginning with a former Cougar making a roster, but in the NFL, James Empey has signed a deal with the Tennessee Titans. He spent time with the Cowboys and most recently the Miami Dolphins on their practice squad. Part of six different players the Titans have added. That makes 22 different BYU players on current active NFL rosters. Men's golf shot even par, good enough for ninth place after day one at the NCAA Regionals at the Institute Golf Club in Morgan Hill, California. Zach Jones led the team with a three under 69, day two underway. Jones still at three under. The BYU women's volleyball Big 12 schedule is out for all to see. It begins on Wednesday, September 20th against a team that was ranked nationally last year. Cougars versus Cougars in the Smithfield House, followed by Baylor at Texas, which is going to be just an epic showdown. And I, how about the 28th and 29th scenario, Jerem, there? Six. Uh... Pairs of games against teams and then six single games. Yeah, we'll break down much more of this. Of course, Texas is your defending NCAA champion. So to be in the conference with the defending champ says something. Loaded schedule, much more coming up. Uh, as Jaron mentioned, he goes one-on-one -on -one with Heather Olmstead to break down the full women's volleyball schedule. Five teams finished ranked last year. That's second most to the Big Ten. Amazing. It's a really good women's volleyball. Uh, conference. And Ronnie Jones-Perry, one of the greatest Cougars ever, and Copperfields Grizzlies, one of 30 players on the USA Women's Volleyball Volleyball Nations League roster. Perry will try to make one of the 14-team rosters in three different groups of play over the next several weeks, going to Turkey, Brazil, and South Korea. The United States will host the final in Arlington in July. Congrats to RJP. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. I feel like the Big 12 has already won. He's got Stanley. Stanley inside the five. I'm confident the Big 12's in a great spot. Leaping in the air and making the grab at the sideline. What's trending presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. Expansion talk has resurfaced yet again. And most recently, Based on an article that we have from Ross Dellinger, college football writer and insider for Sports Illustrated, he wrote discussing the next wave of conference realignment. In his article, he noted a few things, Jerem, and we bullet-pointed the notables. Number one, the Big 12 is looking to expand to 14 or 16 teams. This isn't really new. We knew that Brett Yormark was wanting to do that, but again, it has surfaced because of the 
recent developments. Expansion targets include the Arizona schools, Colorado and Utah from the Pac-12, as well as San Diego State, UNLV, Memphis, and UConn. More targets. I love targets. The Pac-12 has a plan to add San Diego State in 2024 as well out there brewing. The Aztecs would owe the Mountain West $17 million in an exit fee that would triple in cost if they aren't added to a Power 5 conference, whether it's the Big 12 or Pac-12, by July 1st. So as well as the Magnificent Seven that has come into play, Jerem, out of the ACC. That nickname's so bad. (laughs) Who's saying NC State's magnificent? They're looking for ways to get out of a media rights deal that feels like it's in place forever through 2036. It's a 20-year deal, they say. It's crazy. Yeah. So, uh, based on the July 1st situation with San Diego State, and, and I feel like that is first and foremost because that has to happen now. I mean, we're, we're just a number of weeks away from that. Do you expect something to happen with conference realignment before July 1? Well, if San Diego State's going to go somewhere, yeah. Uh, they, they don't. Do they have 17 mil? Oh, man. Let alone 51 mil? I mean, that, that feels crazy. Okay, regarding expansion in the 14 to 16 teams, the ACC is interesting in this convo because they're getting restless. In fact, there was a report by someone from the Tallahassee, Tallahassee Journal saying ADs were yelling at each other at a bar, you know, at, at ACC spring meetings. Like, what? What's Uh-oh. Going on? Um, they are stuck. Their grant of rights, their TV contracts, are with the ACC through 2036. They're trying to figure out if they can get out of it. Yeah, this. they were meeting to discuss, and I quote, how unbreakable that contract really is. It's like they just realized UCF is going to the Big 12. Like, the Florida State AD's comments the other day about, wait a minute, why are Florida State and Miami going to make less than UCF? It's unacceptable! And again, for UCF, that's not immediately. That's, that money is 2025, you know, when... Uh, you know, it's a full share for everybody, um, the newbies. But the ACC, like, the ACC doesn't have schools to pick from right now. That's not even an option. Uh, but if it became an option, certainly would be interesting for the Big 12. BYU uh, is in a league that has three time zones. Brett Yarmark said he wants to get to four. San Diego State, Andorra, Gonzaga type would certainly help you in the West. If the Pac-12, any Pac-12 teams become available, certainly – the four corners have been out there. Obviously, Oregon and Washington seem like the best, too. If I'm Utah, I want to stay in the Pac-12 because suddenly we're actually winning conference championships the last two years, and we're the best football program right now consistently. I would want to stay. I would not want to leave. Like, uh, And it's, it's not even necessarily a TV money thing, which the T- Pac-12 contract, uh, TV contract, is sort of going to dictate what happens, if anything, with the Pac-12. So, yeah, there's a lot that's up in the air. The San Diego State thing's interesting. The Gonzaga thing's interesting, too. It wasn't mentioned in the article, but Stuart Mandel of The Athletic told us a couple months ago it could happen in a couple weeks. It didn't. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I do fear, though, that the, the Big 12 becomes this uh, sort of new whack when the whack went to 16 teams and it was all over the place. And it was like, this is really diluted. Obviously, you're adding Power 5 programs yeah, that's, for that's the most the part or teams that very easily could be Power 5 programs. So it's different in that way, but I don't know. At some point, it just gets a little weird if it's too, if it's too spread out. We'll see what happens with all this. Well, and, well, how spread out was the WAC? Because it was primarily Texas and then to the West. So this, like the Big 12 has already expanded beyond that, right? In yes. terms of geography? Yes, but you're also expanding into other forums. Um, like right now, it's like the Big 12 is like mostly like like-minded 
institutions from red states that want to be in the league <laughs> as opposed to, well, we're the scraps from the other leagues that we just want a different, like Colorado jumped into a league that it didn't fit in. Colorado fits in the Big 12. Like they still do to this day. For it's example, a very liberal state. Yeah, but I mean, their football and their tradition and all of is that is with the Big Twelve. Is with the Big Twelve. Sure. Now you can create new tradition, obviously. Like sometimes you move to a new neighborhood and you get a new situation. I, I just, I just think it could get weird quick. Like just because you add other Power Five teams doesn't mean it's a good move. I think it's already weird. <laughs> What, in the Big 12? Yeah, we've already kind of broached that by adding BYU and then going into Florida with UCF. I I feel like we've moved beyond that barrier, so what's to say that adding San Diego State would make it that much different? Well, like adding UConn, for example. See, That was brought up in this article. Adding UConn feels odd. UConn's right there next to West Virginia, though. Like, West Virginia's just kind of out on an island in the Northeast. Well, it's not a good football move, you know? Um because their football stinks. What if but it's, it's only basketball? basketball? I mean, it doesn't. Their football team isn't independent. What if it's an only basketball move to add UConn and their other Olympic sports? We don't know. That would be the same for Gonzaga, right? Because they don't have a football team. Right. I think Brett Yarmark's just open to anything. But I'm with you. If they but add what are a they UConn actually going to do? Yeah. Yeah. No, okay. Yeah. That gets even more weird. Whatever. Yes. That gets even more weird. But the idea of adding San Diego State. And let's say Colorado and bringing the Buffaloes back to their original Power Five roots. So you have two more teams in the West. And then going and getting like a tandem from the ACC to get to 16. They're not available. They're not. But just the idea of that, when I first thought of that, I thought, huh. UCF, if they had a couple of teams in Florida join them in the Big 12, that would make sense. That would be fun. So if Miami and Florida State hopped on, Along with UCF, oh, that'd be that'd be incredible. But they aren't available. That's not going to happen. Yeah. They're booked to 2036. The two teams that make the most sense to me, there are two pairs. There are two pairs of teams that make the most sense. San Diego State and Colorado as a package deal, or Arizona and Arizona State. Sure. Th- those are the, the schools that make the most sense to me, both for the Big 12 and I think for those schools. I- I'm with you. I think Utah has entered a nice place. Why in the would Pac-12. they leave? Maybe, they're a big dog there in football now. I wonder how good they're going to be with everybody else seemingly bringing the tide up. Oregon and USC. Like, how much longer can Utah's reign continue when you have Lincoln Riley and the SC's reigning out Heisman in, Trophy out in two winner? Years. Like, they, they're gone. Fair point. Yeah. Fair point. How much, yeah, how much longer can that reign continue? If as long was, as Kyle Whittingham's there. You think it's, they'll be the top of the conference I, as long as Who knows what Utah is after Kyle Whittingham? Who knows what Gonzaga is after Mark okay. Field? Like, like, their success has been obviously tied to that coach. Can Utah go get a big dog that comes in? So you're and, not buying Oregon as, or Washington to overtake Utah, even when USC, USC Washington's UCLA had made. one really good year the last, like, decade. 2016, they made the playoff. Yeah. Um, they're certainly a big brand. Um, but, yeah, Utah's in a good spot. If I'm Utah, I don't want to leave. We're like top dog here. We've gone to the Rose Bowl the last two years. It's awesome. Why would we entertain any thought of leaving? I'm with you. Even if it's for TV money. Granted, that is what it's all about at the end of the day. But at some point, like if BYU was in Utah's spot, we wouldn't want to leave. We'd be like, oh, we're, the, we're like the kings of the league in football. The thing that's going to make Utah or Oregon or Washington leave is if some other members of the Pac-12 jump ship and now you're down to eight. Then it could become problematic. Then they like, add San Diego okay, State and TBD, and you still hold on as the but your nine or ten league. teams. 
and you make less money, but you're getting an auto bid more way easier in that league to the expanded playoff. Yeah, I wonder, and I wonder how long that continues. Do you want to be the fourth best? If team you don't have playoff, it, like, will there be some type of delegation that comes in and says you got to have at least twelve teams if you want to continue on? I don't know what bid. the rules are there. Clearly, it's at least ten because the Big Ten has been up or Big yeah. Twelve has been operating in that space. So it's at least ten. We know that. I'm fat. We're fascinated by. It might it be for eight. Sure. I don't, know, sure. I don't know the rule. As far as geography goes, though, I feel like the, primarily we've already gotten weird. It's, our, it's already from Provo and, to Orlando. And I guess, or yeah. Or Morgantown. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Like, if you wanted Washington, now you're going Seattle to Orlando. <laughs> it's quite the trip. And thank goodness there are airplanes. You know, like, that makes it a little easier. Yes, and chartered, and chartered flights at that. Like Everybody's have, chartering now. We might have an NFL team in Europe at some point. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's a... It's what, what, the London world is to much New York smaller. is basically the same as like Miami to Seattle, is it not? The world is much smaller based on advancing technology of, and planes and, yeah. and capability to get places. Aeroplanes. Yes. Our question of the day. If the Big 12 were to expand, would you rather the conference add teams from the ACC, which sounds like it's not going to happen because that they're deal, not available at the moment, but we're just in, throwing it out there. Yeah. Or the Pac-12. Cougar Stats on Twitter says, Here we go. Anyone but Utah. <laughs> are you in the, um, you don't want Utah in the Big 12 camp, or are you in the, you want them in? Because there's the sort of petty and vindictive, like, they left us, we owe them nothing, give them nothing. And the, I, I'm in the, I want them in the league because it's a guaranteed, um, you know, pair of games in league, uh, in basketball and other sports, right? You always play them in everything, no matter what. You play them in football every year. I actually want them in the Big 12. Rivalry context within a Power 5 conference, is that idea is really fun. But I understand why some BYU fans, because of the way that they have interacted with certain fans of Utah's fan base. All named Daryl. You know, well, talent gap, and we just don't need you anymore. And I understand why BYU fans are like, okay, we don't want that here. We don't want it. Go do your own thing, whatever. We're over it. So while I understand that, I, the rivalry context would be just loaded with, with details and fun, right? Like, it'd be so I, fun. I get both, but I want them in the league. I want them yeah, in the league. Yeah, I probably, league. at this point, I, I kind of like that Utah's in their own conference and BYU's in a different conference and the rivalry matchup that way. So it is Pac-12 versus Big 12 because I have – Thoroughly enjoyed that little dynamic. On We're Twitter not even as well. in the league yet. We haven't even played <laughs> the, a Big Twelve the game. The Big Twelve conference teams like yeah. just piling on the Pac-12 has been hilarious for me. So I kind of like that. I feel like I'm leaning towards that more than right now BYU and Utah being in the same conference. And our ad lib stat of the day is BYU has won as many Rose Bowls as Utah <laughs> has, and vice versa. So there you go. Uh, uh, <laughs> BYU baseball looks to sweep Pepperdine, get some help to get into the West Coast Conference Tournament. More on that scenario coming up with Greg Rebell next segment. Game one of the regular season series, Thursday, 8 Eastern on the BYU TV and BYU Radio Web. Following just an epic European trip, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell, joins us next. We're going to take a photo journal with Greg. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. We are live in Studio B alongside Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. Expansion is on the mind again. 
and it's due primarily to some recent articles that have brought up just maybe the ACC being involved with the Pac-12 and Will the Big 12 be involved here? To join us for that conversation now is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, who's hanging out in the Cougar Council Room. Greg, welcome Hello, to BYU Greg. Sports Nation. Good to see you again, guys. All right. Uh, like I mentioned, expansion is back on the mind. Uh, the idea that the Magnificent Seven from the ACC uh, may be looking to change TV contracts or move conferences. Of course, the Pac-12 has been involved here. How aggressive, if you were in charge in any capacity in the Big 12, would you be in pursuing other entities, whether it's the ACC or the Pac-12? Well, we already know that, that Brett Yormark has an aggressive mindset. Yes. And you know that he has many irons and multiple fires at this point. On both coasts, I think it's fair to say. Uh, and and uh, if, if somebody's going to shift and somebody's going to move, I don't see how Brett Yormark's not going to be involved one way or the other in, in uh, adding to his conference's stature and prominence. Now, the, the question becomes how big and how big is too big and, and what size is safe. Um, 12 feels like a good number, obviously, for a lot of good reasons, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if 14 or 16 ends up being the final number if they're the right two or four teams uh, to be additive. And that's the biggest thing for about your mark has been we can't be diluted, we have to be additive. And what really adds cachet and value and eyeballs to your league becomes the question here. Mm. And it's interesting because the grant of rights in the ACC was a 20-year deal through 2036. It feels like they're just stuck. So, yes, the Magnificent Seven. <laughs> NC State's in the Mag Seven. What is super interesting. But there are a few sort of free agents-ish out there, like mm. UConn's interesting in basketball, Gonzaga obviously in basketball. How basketball-y does the Big 12 want to be? They're yeah. already good enough. And then, of course, uh, Pac-12 poaching at some point is an option. So we'll see what happens here. But – what is too big? Because we saw the old whack with BYU in it, and obviously that wasn't those weren't Power Five schools. That was too much. That was too much. Um, what what is too much at some point? Like, do you think we'll see a twenty team league at some point? Yeah, I mean, I, there's been talk of the twenty team super conference, and and I, I don't know. I, I think once you get to that. You, you take almost all of what makes college sports special. Um, I'm kind of a romantic when it comes to college sports, and the things that make some of the things that make college sports special are geography, rivalry, and history. You want to have those elements in, in your group. And I realize that, that in the Big 12, BYU right now is a geographical outlier, and, and rivalries will emerge. But there is some history, and it doesn't feel like BYU is a misfit in the Big 12 at all. In fact, it feels like a great fit and the best fit that BYU could have right now. Mm -hmm. But I think the, the larger you get, the more you take away from what makes college sports really special. And I hope that can be retained with whatever the Big 12 chooses to do. I do think that, that um, bringing in another Western team or two would, yeah. would actually help BYU. It makes yes. BYU less of an outlier that way. So I, I've actually been a fan of that being a part of the strategy. Uh, if they choose to go far, farther up the East Coast or into the Southeast, so be it. it, it uh, ultimately, Brett Yormark's vision is a coast-to-coast -coast conference be in all four time zones, have windows from morning till night, and have your product viable. And I can see that happening. Uh, but I, there is a point where I think, you know, there is a too big component in this. And I want to retain as many of those what I think are special collegiate sports elements as possible. Greg Rubel is with us on BYU Sports Nation. As it stands, 14 teams in the Big 12 for at least one more year. Texas and Oklahoma take off for the SEC on July 1st of 2024. Then it's down to 12, maybe, we think, for a year, <laughs> unless something crazy happens. But as, if, if you look at BYU and the 14 teams involved now, including the Cougars, for this first year of college football, expectations is always a heavy and fun topic. And right now we're seeing the Vegas Lions 
Who, their job is to make money, Greg. It's just to, to make money. and Entice. Exactly. Yes. They set the line, depending on which book you look at, at four and a half, five, or five and a half. So how do you take that type of information and manage your own expectations when we all want BYU to win every game? Well, and, and over season could be six, right? And six to me is a really fine starting, sp starting spot in the sure. Big 12. If you're bowl eligible in year one of Big 12 membership, I think it's a win. And so let's go with, uh, let's set it at six, say. Um, uh, not to take things to, for granted, but uh, your first two games are against uh, a, a first-year FBS and an FCS. And that, again, Sam Houston just coming out of FCS. So let's say you can, you can get to 2-0 to start your year. Well, now you're trying to find four P5 wins in 10 games. You can do it. Is that doable? Yeah. I, I think we'd all agree that it is. That's a historical number that BYU, BYU wins. wins 40%. Games. Right. And yeah. this team, we've been talking about it, is more prepared for this moment than any other BYU oh, team they're, in they're, history. They're, the cupboard is by no means bare right. for BYU going in. They lost draft picks, but they're at, a, I, think, a, I think, a pretty good spot going into the Big 12. And, and, and I think the underdog mentality, the chip-on-the-shoulder mentality, the first-year uh, phenom, and all these things might come into play and really have us in a few months going, wow, that was even better than we thought it could go. But that said... If you can find four wins out of those 10 P5 games, which is doable, uh, you find yourself at a six-win season. You find yourself playing in the postseason in your first year in the Big 12, and I think that would be, uh, that would be fantastic. And I think when you're breaking down sort of first half, second half of uh, the season, I think BYU's got to go out and get four wins in the first six because that back six feels tough. Um, and who knows what injuries and up to. And for both happened. teams, for both sides, too. You don't know what, what the other team will look like sure. on the back half of the season, too. Yes, and, and getting, you know, at Kansas, upstart team from last year, really good quarterback in Jalen Daniels. Cincinnati at home on a Friday night, which is going to be absolutely juiced. Mm -hmm. Like, that, that night is going to feel like Utah 2021, Baylor 22. I, I think that's going to be a special Arizona night, State, similar vibe. Yes, uh, yeah. where it's like yeah. Yeah. Lavelle Edwards Stadium is packed, night game. BYU is tough to beat it uh, there. Okay, let's talk uh, soccer. Before uh, we get to soccer, real quick, uh, two components that I think will play into all of this that you have to have health and depth. Yes. And, and just uh, yeah. I, I think the more you go along, just keep those two words in mind. Do they have the health? Do they have the depth? And I think they've, making step, they've taken steps certainly toward the depth part of it mm -hmm. by the guys they're bringing in. It just increases the strength of each position group right now. And they're not done, which is great. Right. Still going, right. which is awesome. Okay, soccer. Uh, you went with the women's soccer team to Europe. Um, I first want to... Uh, have you show some of your favorite photos <laughs> from this um, and tell us what it is we're looking at because you guys went on this incredible journey. Well, first of all, how grateful am I for the invitation uh, that Jen Rockwood uh, issued to, to join the team? And she did the same thing in 2016 with the Italy trip. So I've been on two foreign tours with uh, women's soccer, and they've both been unbelievably horizon-expanding experiences, just unbelievable. So first of all, gratitude to Jen and her staff for involving the radio guy uh, and taking him on the trip. Um, but, yeah, this trip was – and now keep in mind, I'm going to show, I think, six pics. I took hundreds of photos, okay? I took <laughs> hundreds of photos. Yes. Okay, a lot of them showed up on my social media, yep. Twitter, Instagram, but a lot did not. I've got a lot in the phone. So I just – and it's hard to pick you five or six. You packed a lot of film. <laughs> I did. I was developing film like you would so not believe. So much development. Uh, but so these are just a handful. So we're going to start with Vienna. Now, I'm skipping the palaces. We visited two palaces in Vienna, mm. but St. Stephen's Cathedral mm. in Vienna, uh, I think was the first. Yeah, here we go. Oh, uh, this, is, this is St. Stephen's Cathedral. I, I, the ornateness and the mm. size of this thing, and it's not that old. It's only 500 years old. Only. Um, <laughs> only. But, oh, it's a newer yeah, one. Right. Uh, but I, I was just, I, I just walked around, and, and again, you can see a little of the detail there, but the amount of detail in this building was 
just uh, it's staggering. So this is St. Stephen's Cathedral in Vienna, and there was a lot to see in Vienna. Uh, we, two palaces we're not going to see, but that was Vienna. If you look close, you can th see the hunchback in Notre Dame. <laughs> we went from Vienna to Salzburg, and Salzburg blew me away. Salzburg included a trip out to the Lakes District, and this is a fix. I think you've actually had this pick on your show. This is a pick we took of the girls at the Lakes District, which is just outside of Salzburg, wow. and it's a series of lakes all surrounded by mountains. This in is pretty mountain. representative of what you're looking at and it was we went from lake to lake and town to town and there were so many charming pics that I didn't include here of these little villages on the lakeside so the lakes district was unbelievable and that was outside of Salzburg back in Salzburg there is a castle a fortress called the Hohen Salzburg Fortress. This is the view you get from the top of the fortress. Wow. That's Salzburg from the top of the fortress. And, and that's just one of the many views I had from the top of the fortress. Salzburg blew me away. Uh, birthplace of Mozart. And you can Ooh. see that uh, in, in, in the center part of Salzburg. And that was just one of the beautiful views you get from the fortress. Unbelievable. Um, from, uh, from Austria, we then headed down to Croatia, but we stopped at the ice caves, Ice Riesenwelt. And this is a picture <laughs> on the way to the ice caves, but you can yeah. see the Austrian Alps in the background. And this is a stop on the way. It's a hike, it's a gondola, it's a hike, and then you're in the ice caves for an hour. And the ice caves themselves are fantastic. I have some social media pics of those. We won't see them here, but this was on the way to the ice caves in the Austrian Alps, and the girls were having a blast. And I just love that shot. It kind of shows everything that Austria is. Then you're down to Croatia. And Croatia um, just blew my mind. And, and we were down in Split, and we were in Zadar. We don't have pictures of that, but we have pictures here of Plitvici Lakes National Park in Croatia. Mm. And this is one of the countless waterfalls that, that exist in this place. There are 16 lakes and so many waterfalls you cannot count. And this is a great pick of the team in front of the, they call the big waterfall. Incredible. It's called the big waterfall. So there you go. <laughs> Appropriately named. <laughs> yeah. And so up to northern Croatia uh, on the way out. Well, by the way, we skipped totally Slovenia. We were in Ljubljana, Slovenia, which is fantastic. On the way back out, this is Pula, Croatia. This is the arena or the Colosseum in Pula. Awesome. This was, the construction of this began in like 42 B.C., and ended in the first century AD. Wow. And this is one of one of six surviving Roman Colosseums, because what you don't get or what I didn't get before was that what you see in Croatia is a lot of what you're going to see in Italy. It's right across the Adriatic. And so, so yeah. much of what was happening in Italy was happening, happening in Croatia. So this Colosseum, the arena in Pula, Croatia, is reminiscent of the Colosseum in Rome, which I've also seen, and it blew me away as well. Was it, is it, this a WCC or Big 12-sized Colosseum? Uh, I, 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 I think probably Colosseum in Rome is, is, is Big 12. For sure. This may be more. It's power 5. But this is like, it, it's, 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 it's kennel. It was it's the, the kennel. kennel-like? Yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty, pretty big time. Size. Pretty big time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. So, and again, we skipped a lot. But that's just a few of what we <laughs> so uh, had going on. It's amazing. We it's ended up in Italy and flew out of Venice. And, uh, yeah, wait another four years and see if another what invite what comes. Yeah. It's <laughs> a Greg Rebell photo journal on BYU Sports that's Station. Awesome, How's real estate down by the fjord, Greg? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look into that for me. Rick yeah. Stevens, a.k.a. Greg Rubel here. <laughs> All right. We do need to talk about the soccer schedule, and it's going to make your life very busy combined with football with yeah. the Thursday-Monday set up for BYU women's soccer around Saturday 
for college football. So what do you think of the women's soccer schedule overall in the Big 12? Well, the first thing you do know is that the Big 12 stays away from football Saturdays. They let football own the Saturday. I love that, actually, Yeah, because then yeah. everyone gets their due. Right, and, a good, and from, from an on-campus standpoint and facilities, it just makes it easier yeah. to have football have its own day. And so the rest of the league will be on Sundays, of course, but BYU bounces to Monday for obvious reasons. That's one big change. Um, and then, of course, it's a, ch- it's a challenge, and Jen was on your show yesterday talking about that challenge of not having a Sunday available. How do you work around it? It'll get worked around they'll find a way there's no doubt about that and it could be that they make some alterations in their travel plans to give them as many days home as possible or days recovering as possible um, it's a challenge and it's a challenge no one else will have in the league except for the teams that play BYU on those Mondays but I'm fully confident Jen can find a way to get this done there are only two back-to-back road weekends Thursday Monday BYU have one back-to-back home weekend Thursday Monday so we'll see if that evens out over time as well um, and most teams BYU's played or a lot of the teams BYU's played before and I think the big Big 12, top of the Big 12, and top of the WWCC, pretty comparable. You might find a little more strength the deeper you go down in the Big 12 than you did in the WCC. But I think at the very top, the two leagues are pretty representative uh, of of high-caliber competition. So BYU's had a great on-ramp. I think the on-ramp for football was perfect with independence, playing P5s more and more every year. And the on-ramp for soccer in the Big 12 was good because the WCC was so good at the top of the league. Awesome stuff. Greg, thanks for uh, the tour of Europe. And, uh, of course, the discussion on expectations for football and soccer. And shout out to baseball. Let's cross fingers. Come on. It's got to be a lot has to happen. You got to win three against Pepperdine and Gonzaga's got to win three somehow at Santa Clara. That gets to BYU. That gets BYU to Las Vegas. That's the only formula right now to get BYU to the WCC tournament. So in a year where BYU has beaten every team in the league at least one time, um, you know, series were kind of elusive. Series wins were kind of elusive. But a series sweep is now needed here against Pepperdine and Cross Fingers and hope for some help. All right. Get it done. Good luck to the back. All right. You bet. Okay, if you missed any interviews, D-Blue shows uh, European picks from Greg Rubel, games, you can find them on BYUSN.com or download the free BYU TV app. Still on the way, if you could choose one BYU player to have an injury-free career. That man. Who would it be and why? Why is it not Taysom Hill? (laughs) This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Welcome back to your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Let's whip it! Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. You can choose one BYU player to have an injury-free career. This has been a popular uh, question on social media. Now we make it BYU. At BYU or in the pros, who are you taking? How do you, not, how do you not lean so heavily toward Taysom Hill and his Th- four, four separate season-ending injuries? Jerem, just take one of those away and how different things could be is kind of mind-blowing. I want 2014 specifically. Yes. Because BYU jumped out to be 4-0, was ranked 19th, hosted Utah State. Tough start in the first half. Who knows if BYU comes back and wins that game, but well, if BYU only in the game. had three P5s that year and did not have Utah. That very easily could have been a validating independent season we were seeking. That was the final year of the BCS setup. It was before it went to the college football playoff and the other four big bowl games. Yeah, it would have been BYU's best shot, right? That's something. 
There, there are some others that are intriguing. Tyson Williams, if he doesn't get hurt against Washington early in that season, what does 2019 become? I think BYU, instead of a seven-win team, is probably at least a nine-win team. He's an NFL running back, yeah. right? So, yeah, those are some fun scenarios. Or not-so-fun scenarios. Yeah. <laughs> the NFL announced yesterday that Peacock will get an exclusive live-streamed playoff game this season. So are BYU fans ready for a similar type scenario beginning the season with ESPN Plus? Listen, if BYU is not on Fox, FS1, let's not hope for FS2, ESPN, ABC, ESPN2, or ESPNU, guess what? They're on ESPN Plus. Uh, so get ready for that this fall. I anticipate two plus games will be on ESPN Plus. You might as well subscribe to that Hulu, Disney, uh, ESPN Plus. Just do the HBO Max add-on right now. <laughs> Just get it all done. BYU <laughs> Men's Hoops Sports Information Director Tyson Jacks tweeted on Friday that Foos and Ali Khalifa actually played against each other before in the 2017 cool. FIBA U16 Championships African uh, Final. Uh, Foos scored 15, included three threes. Ooh. He doesn't shoot threes. He shouldn't shoot threes. Ramali Khalifa scored 18 for uh, Egypt. How excited are you to see this, this duo who's competed in Africa against each other play for BYU now? I'm very excited. I'm very excited to see how Khalifa can utilize his excellent skill set with passing to try and create some opportunities for Foos. Like, I want to see that high-low dynamic yeah, between little, the little, two of them. Draymond, Jokic, yes, stuff. absolutely. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be a fun dynamic for mm -hmm. them. The Twitter account College Basketball Report, speaking of hoops, tweeted a photo of some of the all-time NCAA statistical leaders, including Kyle Collinsworth. What do you feel, Jerem, when you see Kyle Collinsworth on the list for most triple doubles in NCAA history? Yeah, lower right right here. Um, it's just incredible what he accomplished there. It was so fun to watch. The, one of the most unique players in BYU history in any sport, his ability to be so good at Scoring, rebounding, and assisting was incredible to watch. And coming off an ACL tear in his, uh, early in his career. What if he's the player that doesn't get injured in the West Coast Conference Championship game in 2014 and tears ACL? He doesn't win the game, but maybe they beat Oregon in the first round. Maybe they win a tournament game. Maybe they win a tournament game. So he's, he's won for sure. In that fact, wouldn't be, Chris, like, if I could play, like, one card for an injury, that's not the card I'm playing. But sure. But certainly would have been interesting to see. I just... I, you know, I, I know he did it 12 times, but I see that number and I'm like, you had 12 triple doubles. Well, it's crazy. And it wasn't like Russell Westbrook forced get out of the way I'm getting the rebound thing. It was just natural. Organically. Yeah. Yes, organically it happened. It was grass-fed, if you will. Right? There were a few where he's like, hey, you need one rebound, like whatever. Sure. But for the most part, it was organic. Also, the next closest is Shaquille O'Neal with six. Like, he's doubled that. So it's fun to have something more than Shaq. He's doubled that number. That, that's pretty Other wild. than Bunyans? Yeah. <laughs> you don't want more of those. Still on the way, head coach Heather Olmstead of BYU Women's Volleyball joins Jerem to go one-on-one, -on -one, break down the schedule, talk about, you know, riding camels in Egypt and whatnot. I'm just glad they made time for us to break down the first Big 12 slate. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station live in Studio B. The Big 12 BYU women's volleyball schedule is out for all hey. to see. 
It opens with a Cougar versus Cougars matchup in the Smithfield House Wednesday, September 20th. Houston's a really good program. Baylor then comes in on September 23rd and two at Texas on September 28th and 29th to begin, Jim. A lot of fun with the schedule. Five teams were ranked in the new Big 12 last year in the final poll of the ABCA um, and two received votes. There's seven of that's seven of 13 teams that at least got votes. I that's mean, amazing. including BYU, which is crazy. The national champs, of course, second most ranked teams in the final poll to the six in the Big Ten. And yesterday I spoke with women's volleyball head coach Heather Olmstead from Cairo, Egypt, where the team is on their foreign trip, to talk about the schedule, riding camels, seeing the pyramids, and much more. Heather, how's Egypt? It looks amazing on social media. It's been a good time. It's been pretty amazing. We're happy to be here. And actually, we fly out tomorrow to Turkey. So it's been great. Why choose these specific countries of Egypt, Turkey, and Greece? Yeah, I think it's just a great combination of different culture, different parts of the world, somewhat uh, close together where we could do some, some flights that weren't too bad and, and be able to see very, very different cultures from Egypt to Turkey and then Greece and get some different food, get some different volleyball. Uh, and so far, you know, Egypt hasn't disappointed. It's been it's been pretty fantastic. The people here have been wonderful, and uh, we're looking forward to to getting hit up to other countries. More on the trip coming up in a moment, but let's talk about the news of the day. Of course, the conference schedule is out, which is exciting. We've been waiting for BYU to be in the Big Twelve. Here we are. You've seen this for a minute. So, what stuck out when you first saw it, and what do you what do you like, and and what kind of has your attention? Yeah, I think. It's super exciting to release uh, Cougar Nation and the public, you know, what, what our fall is going to look like at home and away and get people excited about traveling with us and, and possibly coming to the Smithfield house and seeing us play at home. I think just the opportunity to play new teams and new places and, and learn about the style of plays is exciting. I think that that's the number one thing that sticks out is just a new challenge for us with all these teams and figuring out, you know, how we can compete with them. And for sure, being able to play the defending national champs, Texas, is always a highlight. And so I think that's really neat for our team to be able to get to Austin and, and play matches out there. In terms of how it uh, shook out, you play some teams once, some teams twice. What's kind of been the explanation from the league as to how that shook out? Yeah, I, I've only been on one phone call and it was more of a, hey, the, the new teams can sit in and listen. And we weren't a part of those conversations at all. I, I, I don't even know why they went to that format and so we're excited to to play you know home and away with with who we've got on our schedule and that'll change the following year when when two members exit the conference and we'll, we'll have a different look and format and we haven't been given any word on what that looks like so i, I don't know it's, it's it's interesting it's unique it's going to be a challenge uh just the way that you know you're not playing everyone the same amount of times and home and away it's i think it's going to be interesting for our team and for for our fans to, to follow along uh, Houston on September 20th as the opener is really fun. That's a team that, uh, you know, finished 17th in the country last year, Baylor number 15 on, uh, you know, a couple of days later. So out of the gate, you, you play some great volleyball and the West coast conference has had tremendous volleyball. And now you kind of up the ante a little bit with the national champs and a few more teams that kind of bring it week to week, right? Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're excited just to, to get these new teams in the Smithfield house and open up with Houston. I think that's a great match for us to, have our debut match and to welcome Houston and, and go from there and then get Baylor, like you said. So there's a lot of good teams in the big 12 and we're going to 
have our hands full and we're excited for the challenge and we're ready to, to see how our team fares against them. Uh, end of the season at West Virginia at TCU. This is going to be a different kind of travel than you've had, right? Going into LA and San Francisco and Portland and so on. Absolutely. We're, we're fired up. We get to spend Thanksgiving on the road and I don't know, there's no better place than to be with your team at that time of a year, you know, hopefully getting ready to finish out the year strong and um, make a run in, in, in the conference and hopefully in the NCAA tournament. So no complaints there. Excited again to see different parts of the country and to be together. And um, I think it'll be exciting. A foreign trip doesn't mean you're going to have a good year, but for some reason it seems like you always have a good year when you have a foreign trip, like the chemistry of being off the court and going somewhere else. So is this the perfect year to have a foreign trip the first year in the big 12? Yeah, there's, there's multiple reasons. You know, we had four freshmen graduate early and get with us in January and we're adding a couple more freshmen and transfers. And so the opportunity for us to mesh, you know, we've got everyone here, but, but one player that will join us in the fall. And so just to be with each other and to get to know each other better in very unique circumstances and have those conversations and those experiences, that's going to serve us well. So, yeah, it's, it seems like teams have good years after. I know it's not a guarantee, but you just get a jump start on that connection and, and getting ready for the fall. And, and we're hoping that, that that's what does it for this this group. And this trip has been postponed because of COVID. And we just felt like this, these seniors, you know, it was the right time with the combination of the freshmen and the new players to, to get this opportunity to come experience foreign foreign countries and foreign you know teams and, and really challenge ourselves. Okay, you guys did something really cool that we talked about on the, on the show on Monday, which is the three graduates who missed graduation. Um, yeah. You packed their graduation stuff and took a photo in front of the uh, one of the pyramids. That is so awesome. What was that moment like? Yeah, you know, those three have been with us since January. So they've already graduated high school, but they, ha- they still have the opportunity. They're all three local players. Uh, they actually walk next week. And the dates ended up that they, they would be missing that to be with our group. And we felt it was really important to, to, to give them this opportunity to take some pictures that, you know, they maybe are missing out on at, at a stadium or with their, their friends and peers and family, which they hopefully still get at a different time and do something special and unique. I, I don't know, Jerem, there's something about that moment for those players and our, our staff and team to see and to know that everyone here is sacrificing a little bit. It's a long trip. We're all sacrificing to be here um but they sacrificed something that was important to them and we wanted to make sure they were seen and heard and uh, it was really really a cool moment real miller mia lee and uh of course selena demoni so yep that nice nice job uh to uh to them yeah mia um okay turkey and greece what are you guys going to see there and uh you mentioned you played the egyptian national team already how'd the match go by the way yeah we played last night and uh, it was great it was unbelievable uh they have some great players they have uh, an olympian that plays sand that was on their indoor team and was there last night they're they're actually missing a couple players that are that are d1 players that play in college but they're they're older they're mature they they have some swag and you know they they were ready for us and uh we didn't we haven't practiced and done anything since last tuesday so we we loved the opportunity to get out there Warm-ups are different here. They're about 15 minutes. You don't get your typical serve pass. And mm. we love we love the pace. It was it was unique. It was challenging. Uh, they really served and passed well. And so it was a good opportunity for us to, to play our first match uh, on this trip. And I thought our our players did a good job sticking together. And we're we're with them in a couple sets, but um, th- they're a good team and it was fun. 
in Turkey and Greece. Give, give me a little tease, a little sense of what you guys are going to do. Yeah, we're, we're actually going to go visit uh, some younger refugee athletes in some areas. I don't know that we'll post that stuff, but we get a chance to interact with some some refugees in, in, in Turkey and, and do some work there as soon as we land tomorrow. And then we actually have three matches in our, a row against some of the, the pro teams in, in Turkey, which will be really good for our group to, to play some of the, the best teams in the world. And uh, they happen to be in, in Turkey. And that's going to be really cool for our players to match up against some some professional players. And we'll see some you know mosques and, and see some of the sites of Istanbul and really get to experience the culture and the food there. And Greece, same thing. We're going to play the U19 team, their national U19 team. And we're going to see some different cities, a little bit outside of Athens. And um, we're going to do a yacht. We're going to take a, a cruise or a yacht, have a yacht day and go out see some islands. Um, so you guys but it's, going, it's going by, yeah, it's going by so fast. And so we're, we're, we're just kind of trying to soak it in as best we can. Well, uh, congrats on uh, getting the Big 12 schedule. And, uh, you know, now I know what I'm doing this fall, uh, which is exciting. We look forward to it, of course, on ESPN Plus and whatnot. That all has to be shaken out a little bit. But uh, when can we expect the non-conference schedule to come out, by the way? Yeah, I think pretty quickly uh, after this gets released, we're still shoring up a few things, but we're excited about that. I think uh, there's going to be some interest in our opening match. So we're, we'll put that little teaser out there. and. Uh, hope to get that out soon so we can get excited about that but i think within a couple of weeks after we get back sometime in june okay awesome uh safe travels and have fun thanks thanks thank you all thanks for having me technology is pretty incredible that she can just you know join you from egypt so i was like hey anything cool you know out the window that we could see during the interview in a sec and she's like well it's just some soccer fields but like yeah you could see the nile river down there it was that night you know nine hours later that's was wild like, what this is crazy. The Nile. Was there a murder on the Nile? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, in a movie, uh, there was. Uh, yeah. uh, it's exciting stuff with the first Big 12 women's schedule out for BYU. And to adequately celebrate it on Top 5 Tuesday, we're looking at the Top 5 Big 12 women's volleyball programs all time. We'll count them next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Aaron Livingston's going to have a lot of those this fall. Yep. BYU Sports Nation's on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps. And hey, there's a podcast. You can subscribe, rate, and review it as well. Let's roll out Top 5 Tuesday, which counts down the top five women's volleyball programs all time in the currently constituted Big 12. Beginning with number five. Iowa State, 16 tournament appearances, two Elite Eights, five Sweet 16s. They've had three first-team All-Americans. They finished fourth in the Big 12 last year. Great host the Cyclones October 19th through the 20th. Every match matters. So much fun. Number four, Baylor. 10 NCAA tournament appearances all time. Final four in 2019. They were the Big 12 champions in that same year. Finished second last year in the Big 12. And they play BYU on September 23rd in Provo. Finished 15th in the ABC April. UCF is number three, Division II champs in 1978, 14 NCAA tournament appearances. They've won 14 conference tournaments as well. They made the NCAA tournament five years in a row. They were ranked 22nd last year. Uh, the Cougars play in Orlando November 9th through the 10th. Uh, Disney World, what's up? 
at number two, Brigham Young University. Oh, 34, pick. 34 NCAA tournament appearances, three NCAA Final Fours, runner-up in 2014 when they were unseeded, the only unseeded team to ever do that. Amazing. Eight West Coast Conference championships, 10th most All-Americans among Division I programs, and of course, made another run to the second round of the NCAA tournament. This is a team that they don't get to the Sweet 16, Jeremy. It kind of feels like a disappointment. They're on that level. If there was no Texas, BYU would be the best program historically and currently in the Big 12 right now. But number one is Texas. Reigning national champs, four-time national champs overall, three in the NCAA era, 13 Final Fours, 14 Big 12 titles, 35 first-team All-Americans. BYU plays at Texas, September 28th through 29th. I was hoping that one would be at home or that it'd be just one match, but it's two at Texas. So can BYU go and get the split? That would yeah. be awesome. I wish it were October 28th so that we could watch BYU play Texas in football and yeah. then BYU play Texas in volleyball. That right? would be great. Hey, it's cool to be in the in, in this conference competing with so many high-level teams. They don't avoid football per se, but I think they do in that town if I'm not uh, mistaken. Interesting. Our question of the day. If the Big 12 Conference were to expand, would you rather the conference add teams from the ACC? This is based on an article from Ross Dellinger we're recently. Available, but we're just talking. Or is it the Pac-12, which we still don't know what their TV deal is going to be? Still. Still waiting. Our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated comes from Daniel Ormsby on Twitter, who says... It'd depend on which teams are options. Sure. I'd love to bring traditional rivals back like Arizona and Arizona State. Like Me old too. whack Me too. rivals. But the ACC 16th. has some super strong, well-known programs, including Miami, Florida State, Duke, and North Carolina. Overall, strengthening the conference should be the main goal. Will it be a basketball emphasis or a football emphasis? If it's a basketball emphasis, go get Gonzaga and UConn right now. Yeah, or sway Duke and North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> You're in a league till 36. I know, I know. That's not an option. <laughs> it's my fantasy land, okay? Uh, Rise and Shout Out, presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics, goes to, we talked about him earlier in the show, Mr. Triple Double and his wife, Shay, an outstanding track athlete at BYU. They're expecting their second child, a baby girl, Congrats. on the way in June. Nice. Our thanks to today's guests, Greg Rubel and Heather Olmstead, all the way from Egypt. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, we ran out of time. If you were in Cairo, we would have had you on too, Dennis. Maybe so. For Jeremiah, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Elaine Michaelis. We'll see you tomorrow, tomorrow for another live edition of BYU Sports Nation. Go Kooks! If you're looking to build your brand awareness and increase market share,